baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Our next guest, he is very closely related to the military, served in the United States Marine Corps. I had the pleasure of getting to know him about 20 years ago and then getting to know him all over again very recently. He is Joe Shinelli, the executive director of AMVETS, and joins us every Thursday morning on The Morning Briefing. Joe, how are you doing today? Never better, Eric. Good morning. How are you? Uh, doing okay. Rough morning, but we don't need to go into it. So <laughs> it's uh, it's not been a great day, but always good when I can talk to you about the great things that AMVETS is doing and focusing on. In our last segment, uh, we spent a little bit of time talking about this. Secretary Shulkin, I mean, man, still dealing with controversy, and it just seems to keep going on and on. I mean, uh, you would have thought this story may have been over around the time that the, uh, the Inspector General report came out, but... But here we are a couple weeks later, and this is still in the news, Joe. What can you tell us about it? Well, there's, there continues to be the, the objective of a, a small group of people who want an unstable VA. They would love to unseat the secretary. Uh, I will tell you, the, the White House has told us, uh, the veterans organizations, uh, a number of times now that they are firmly behind the secretary still. We accept that. And in fact, we think that's the right decision. Uh, we've had three secretaries over the last four years. In fact, when Secretary Shulkin came in, there was three secretaries in three years. And it's really hard to ever get any momentum, let alone build on momentum. Uh, but, you know, the last year has actually been very good legislatively and as far as reform goes for the VA. And the secretary has been leading the VA on that. And we don't want to lose that momentum right now. Um, like I said, there's a group out there that would love for the VA to fall apart. They'd love to dismantle the VA. And uh, a key way to do that is to keep it unstable and keep having this revolving door at the top. Uh, so we're, we're very happy with the White House's decision to, to keep the secretary and to empower him with uh, the authority that he needs. And uh, the secretary spoke at a, he had a special press conference where he really addressed all this yesterday. I think that's what you were talking about in the first segment there. He, um, he said that the, the infighting is over, and uh, we don't know if that's the case. We're, we're hoping he's correct, and you know we'll continue to monitor it. Uh, so, you know, talked about on the show with you last week, we had uh, met with uh, White House Chief of Staff General Kelly, uh, John Kelly, and told him we need the infighting to be over. Uh, so we're encouraged by the Secretary's remarks, but uh, you know, the proof will be in the, the pudding, so to speak. It absolutely will. And he is someone that you, I mean, through your position as executive director of AMVETS, uh, you've interacted with him fairly regularly. I mean, while, since he's been in office, H have you noticed any positive or negative changes as far as, uh, you know, how he's looking at things or how he's, uh, he's talking about things over the last, you know, the last month or so that all this stuff has really come out into the open? You know, I would say, um, yeah, he's been a pretty transparent guy since the beginning. Uh, you know, a lot of what he's done here is focused on being transparent with you know, the websites that he's uh, had put up with the, the wait times and, you know, real-time accountability and scores and things like that for the different uh, medical centers all across the country. Um, I think we're seeing a, a new level of transparency from him on the personal level, which I, I think was probably the right way to go about uh, that. You know, addressing the allegations. You know, as far as his travel goes, things like that. That's all out there on the, uh, you know, on the on the internet for everybody to see pretty easily. 
um, uh, you know, I, I think it's probably is affecting him personally. You know, this is the attacks have been going out there. Uh, you know, see, I could tell you some of them for sure are false. He says a lot of them are false. You know, there's a personal attacks, attacks on his wife, things like that, uh, attack on his daughter. Uh, you know, it's kind of some harsh stuff. And for a, a non-politician, he you know, he's pretty new to Washington. He came mm-hmm. two and a half years ago, uh, but, you know, came in after running medical centers, you know, in New York and New Jersey and other places like that. So uh, you could see, you could see a little bit, doesn't look like he's sleeping very well lately. And you hate to see that distraction. Cause like I said, he needs to be able to build on that momentum. So I'm really hoping that this can get put behind him here very soon. If not already. One of the big things that we were talking about during the first segment in regards to the VA was the VA Medical Center in D.C., which, uh, you know, Jake is very familiar with. That's where he goes to receive uh, medical care that he needs. Uh, and they, they've announced this restructuring, reorganization uh, of the VA Medical Center in D.C., uh, as well as some things that look like they're going to take place more around the country. Uh, we were we were touching on it and looking into it a little bit, but obviously I think you'll have a bit more detail on it. So with the D.C. VA medical center i mean they talk about restructuring and all that what does that actually mean from your point of view less middle management more more uh, licensed practitioners actually seeing patients so and and this is something we've been pushing for i say we you know am vets and lots of the veteran service organizations pushing for more face time between the medical provider and the veteran and and less time and, and less people less resources going towards uh, the administration part of it. Don't get me wrong, we know you always have to have the administration's administrative support, but uh, the, the, the rank structure, if you will, the chain of command, the middle management has become very convoluted, not just at the, the D.C. Uh, medical center, but all over the country. That's something the secretary has told us he's addressing. Uh, he announced yesterday some major restructuring. He's going to uh, be restructuring the central office, too, the, the headquarters in Washington, which we're happy about. We don't know exactly what that's going to look like yet, but we know it's badly needed that for a long time. And uh, he also uh, had three of the regional directors um, left uh, their office. Two of them are retiring. One is simply resigning. Um, but the, so that's some major overhaul as well on the leadership side. Yeah, it's welcomed. Uh, it was one of the Vision directors there. We had called for his resignation in the past. Um, now that he's retiring, uh, we're hoping that this some meaningful stuff. Uh, sometimes you don't want to see it have to come on the heels of an IG report, but uh, some of this other stuff, like the VA Medical Center, uh, you know, the secretary got a call from his inspector general who went in and the day one of their investigation, they, he called the secretary and said, hey, I know Typically, we wait until the report's out where we reveal everything, but you've got some serious problems here. The secretary uh, called up right then, relieved the, the director, brought him over to the central office, sent one of his top guys over to take over the medical center. And we know that a lot of the reform that had been called for by the IG is already in place. Um, and now they need permanent leadership over there and permanent reform. So we're going to look forward to that, and we're, we're going to be monitoring that very closely to see how well this reform works. We're speaking with Joe Chanelli, Executive Director of American Veterans, a.k.a. AMVETS, one of the big VSOs out there about, well, so far about issues at the VA. And part of the thing that Jake and I were discussing this morning, Joe, is the fact that, you know, it's good that they've made some changes. They talked about 9,000 cases, uh, a backlog basically that's been eliminated, uh, you know, fairly recently since the IG report was done. Um, But 
as you mentioned, some of these things that they said, hey, you've got some serious problems, and it seems like they knew that these were serious problems for, for quite some time, which is, that that gives, do you think that gives some ammunition to the anti-VA people out there to say like, well, okay, now you're telling us in this report what we've been telling you all along, and you wasted years of time. I mean, that, that's, that's it's not really a good look. Even though they're making positive announcements, it's a positive announcement about trying to change some hugely negative things. No, you're absolutely right. It's, it's completely fair criticism, and you, know, you could say this is a merry-go-round, and we, we go around and around and identify problems, say we're going to fix them, and then we come back and we end up in the same place uh, years later. Um, you know, and I think that a lot of that goes back to the, the carousel at the the top, and having somebody who's in there for a while is able to really re- see the reform through. It's one thing to come up with how how to reform and how to fix these problems and it's just they're systemic problems they're cultural problems um, but cultural problems take a while to to fix and you need to have someone who can see that through um, you know it remains to see remains to be seen if that's possible but we're, we're hopeful and you know we still very much believe that the VA's system worth saving here and it needs to continue to uh, provide the proper resources. There's still 30,000 unfilled jobs within the medical s- system side of the VA. Those need to be filled right away. And that's something we've been talking about since we kicked off in June. I mean, this is a, a long-standing issue with these massive numbers of openings at the VA that need to be filled. And of course, there's been a big delay on that, and there are many reasons for it. But the VA, I mean, it, it appears they're trying to address a lot of this stuff. Um, it's it's a difficult time with all the stuff that Secretary Shulkin is going through uh, personally, as well as, you know, the undermining that uh, that's, that's going on over at the VA or was going on over at the VA. Uh, it'll be an interesting thing to keep an eye on, as I'm sure this isn't the last thing that we're going to hear about this, this whole topic, uh, of course, going forward. Now... AMVETS, your national commander, this has been a big week for you guys. Um, You had a press conference on Tuesday rolling out a a new program. You also had your commander laying out the legislative priorities for AMVETS for 2018. So what can you tell us about where you guys are focusing this year and how does it differ from last year? Sure. So our our top priority here is um, what I hope we can talk about uh, next year, which is the HEAL team, which we had the press conference for. But we've gone with four major points that are our legislative priorities this year. Suicide prevention is still our top priority, and we're making a lot of of traction on that. Uh, Traumatic brain injuries, we need to increase awareness of mild, moderate TBIs and behavioral after effects because there's we know there's about a third of all veterans out there um post 9-11 veterans who have tbi um, many of them don't know that many of them have not gone through the proper screening and you can at a point not treatment won't be effective anymore at all if you don't get treatment early enough on in, in the process we're talking about real brain damage here we're talking about very dangerous circumstances for people where a simple car accident could be could be fatal um, we're also going to be talking about toxic wounds a lot this year. Um, we've talked about burn pits for a long time. Unfortunately, it's really fallen off, and we're seeing more after effects from that. We're seeing more veterans dying now and uh, having serious respiration, uh, respiratory problems and pulmonary problems. Uh, so we want to bring a lot more awareness to that and really improve the the database on that and so that better research can uh, be you know, be uh, invested in and uh, veterans treatment courts is our fourth big point here. And we think that wraps back to suicide prevention, 
as, as well as homelessness. Um, we know there's a lot of veterans out there who self-medicating the things that aren't acceptable behavior and they, they need to be accountable in the justice system, but at the same time, they need to be treated the, the right way so that these veterans can be real rehabilitated and get, get a second chance here. Since a lot of what what's happening is because of their, their combat experiences or just their military experience. Yeah, it certainly seems that there have been with those veteran treatment courts uh, some positive results from them. Not in every case, but there have been uh, quite a few cases where it seems that if the veteran had gone through uh, the the normal, the regular criminal justice system without uh, you know specialists who would be knowledgeable as far as you know, some issues that that person may have related to their service, it can be hugely beneficial for them. So uh, you know, is there any uh, specific area of those veteran treatment courts or a specific place that you guys are looking? looking at as kind of a, um, you know, a template for other locations to use, or is it just overall a thing that you think is, is a good idea that more areas should put in, in place? Oh, I, we definitely think there should be a lot more. We think every major jurisdiction out there needs one. Uh, the first one uh, was in Buffalo and it continues to be a, a, a template, a model, uh, program but there's actually a lot of great metal programs out there you don't have to drive all the way to, or you know, fly all the way to western new york to see a, a great model and these are running through uh, federal drug courts now um, so that's where the funding is able to come from but the, the key part here is you need to have really great veterans who can serve as mentors that's part of this and not just connecting these veterans with uh, you know, rehab resources and detox and things like that, but also with positive role models who live in their community can show them uh, how they can, you know, continue to serve and be really good citizens, even though they've made some mistakes. So that that really becomes the key here, and that that's where a key part for veterans organizations as well. So we work with a lot of veterans courts across the country, about forty of them, and you know, providing mentors from the ranks of ambuts to be able to help these veterans uh, get back on their feet and you know, continue to, to help this nation. We're speaking with Joe Chanelli. He is the executive director of AMVETS and a Marine Corps veteran himself. Uh, and, of course, we are talking about all that AMVETS is doing. And this has been a, a big week with AMVETS rolling out their legislative priorities via their national commander, as well as a press conference on Tuesday where you guys rolled out uh, this kind of interesting new program. So tell us a little bit about the AMVETS HEAL team. Sure. So HEAL is an acronym. It's um, Healthcare Evaluation, Advocacy, and Legislation. And this is really a, a multifaceted, multi-pronged um, program to help veterans break down the barriers to be able to get the care that the healthcare that they need to access. Um, one of the first things we've done here now is we've established a, a helpline. And on the other end of the helpline, so veterans from all over the country or their family members, and it does not matter what the what type of discharge you received from the military either. Um, but you can call in. Well, it, it's not a crisis helpline. I want to be really clear on that. We can connect people to the crisis helpline, but uh, our our helpline is open from 8 a.m. until 7 p.m. Eastern time. So we've got good hours across the, all the time zones there. But um, on the other side are, are licensed practitioners. So we've actually hired a team of registered nurses. Um, they all have experience working in the VA. They all have experience working in the private sector. They all have experience being caseworkers for veterans. That's exactly what they're going to be able to do here. And so if you have questions about access or your eligibility, or you know you're eligible, but you, you can't get what you need from your VA medical center or do the choice program, things like that, we want you to be able to call us. 
Our nurses have different areas of the country they cover, so they have relationships with the vision directors, with the medical center directors um, at a very high level. And so they're able to make things happen very quickly um, at the appropriate speeds, you know, depending on the, the issues and things like that. Um, but basically, we've had service officers out there who help with claims. So this is going to be the first time we're, we're providing somebody who can help with the healthcare side of things. And uh, we're, we're going to be the only VSO out there that's doing this right now, but we think it's really important. And we, we really see a crisis at the healthcare side. And I think we've all been seeing that for a while, um, but, but we're really trying to make a major investment on this. So, uh, you know, the numbers have been before the news were about $750,000 into this. Um, that's a per year number. We actually anticipate that to double in the second year as more calls come in and more people uh, need help. Uh, so we're not just a helpline, though. We're not just a phone number, an email address, we're on social media as well. Of course, you can reach our caseworkers through all of those things. But we also will be going to um, the medical centers, to the community. We're going to be having surprise visits. We're also going to have announced visits where we um, go in and we're partnering with the VA so that they will give us the access. And so we're able to go into the VA, do an inspection on the hospital, talk with the caregivers, talk most importantly with the veterans um, and talk with their families, find out what their challenges are and uh, then hold a town hall where people can have public conversations at these medical centers all over the country on these things. And then each time we do a visit, we're going to do a very comprehensive report. We're going to get that report back to the to that medical center, to the secretary of the VA and to Congress. Uh, and we're working in partnership with them. So we're not working against them. We're not going to try to take this report and create some scandal and, you know, run over to run over to uh, the media and say, hey, you know, look at what the mistakes they're making here. We're going to give it to the VA, give it to Congress so that they can fix it themselves and they can so Congress can hold the VA accountable in the proper way. And hopefully it's going to provide a, a lot better service for veterans and you know, we're really excited about it. It's a major undertaking. It's something we've been working on for months now. Uh, been careful to, to keep it under wraps so that we could get it all taken care of without the distractions of other things. But uh, we're, we're really excited. And uh, like you said, we had a big press conference that C-SPAN carried live on a Tuesday morning at the National Press Club. And the, the feedback's been great already. Um, the head of um, VA suicide prevention came over uh, here to our conference and spent almost the entire day with them yesterday. Um, they're really excited about this. They know that there's people who don't want to reach directly to the VA. Uh, you know, they'd rather reach to a veteran service organization, a nonprofit, uh, someone who's going to be independent. Um, and so we're, we're really happy to be able to provide that for veterans. And again, we expect some great outcomes. You know, that sounds like a wonderful program. And I think a lot of people would say, yeah, that makes sense. That's a common sense program. Like, why wasn't this in place? As you talked about, it took you a long time to develop it. So let's look at that. Give people a peek behind the curtain. When it seems to, to someone who just may have heard about that, like, cool, that should have been easy to set up. It should have been something that we did a long time ago. How much work and effort and how difficult is it to get a program like this in place to where it's going to be able to function the way you want it to? Yeah, like everything, the, the biggest challenge is getting the right people in place. And so the, once you do, then you have to start making the, the proper estimates on how many people you need, what other types of uh, logistical support you need. Um, you know, you need access. And we want to make sure that if someone calls us, we, we actually have someone we can call to, to make a difference and to, to get things rectified. So there's a lot of relationship building 
Um, and, and everything takes steps. You know, it, there's a process. So the first process, bringing the people in. Second process, getting the uh, idea of who they are and what their capabilities are, and then how to use that. And, uh, you know, we're building those relationships not just with the VA, but also with the Department of Defense, with other nonprofits out there, uh, certainly with Congress. And, you know, we had to really define our mission. And so while we are open to all veterans uh, as AMVETS is, you know, being the most inclusive uh, veterans organization, that's really important to us. It's open for all veterans. You don't have to have a disability. You don't have to be wartime. Um, not, nothing like that. All veterans. And then we wanted to make sure that we were providing real value. You know, there's a lot of security issues out there, uh, HIPAA and things like that. So, you know, building out the right databases, a lot of different moving parts to, to go into this. And uh, we, we really believe we have the right people, though, and that, that's the, the key here. And that is really the big thing. I mean, as we've seen with uh, with the, the VA Medical Center in D.C. that we were just talking about, there were people in place there previously that were clearly not the right people and programs that were in place that were meant to work out properly. I mean, do we... There, there are plenty of ways for us to look back and say, like, ah, this is where we could have done better. With this AMVETS heel team, are you confident moving forward that this is something that, you know, from the start, it's going to hit the ground running and it's going to be something that's really going to be able to make a positive effect on veterans? Absolutely. Of course, we know there's going to be, you know, some learning curves, bumps in the road, but we really feel that, you know, the DC Medical Center, that's a good example here. If, if our, uh, our hotline, our helpline, and this program had already been in place, we're, we, believe we would have been able to uh, predict these problems as they were developing um, because we're going to take very careful notes here. We're going to be uh, collecting data constantly. So everyone who calls in, you know, we're looking at their experiences, where those experiences are, what time they're, so we can develop patterns. And so we can see where problems are before they become major problems. And then we can let the VA know, we can let Congress know so that they can rectify these problems. And I'm sure things are going to still, you know, fall through the cracks here but the idea here is to let as little fall through the cracks as possible of course we're speaking with joe chanelli executive director of amvets uh, the national commander of amvets rolled out their legislative priorities uh, the amvets heal program announced this week a big week and it's a week of looking forward so joe as we finish up here 2018 what are your hopes and how do you think it's going to work out for amvets and for veterans as a whole I'm, we're, we're very hopeful, uh, especially now we know or we, we believe there's going to be able to continue the momentum there with the VA and the reform. And we've met with a lot of lawmakers here the last couple of days, every member of both the House and the Veterans or Health and Senate uh, committees. We think it's going to be another really good year. Um, we're hopeful that the reform and choice is near and we, we hope we're hopeful it's going to be you know the right reform so believe that and uh with with uh, our new heel team and a, a lot of partners working together here we're hopeful for a very good year and that is the hope i think for most veterans out there and of course those veteran service organizations like amvets are doing important things and making sure that the veteran voices are heard in our nation's capital as well as around the country so joe chanelli thank you as always for joining us my friend and if people want to find out more about amvets where can they go to do so uh, please check us out at amvets.org or anywhere on all the social networks Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. 
exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives, streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 